And welcome to Dallas Hoops Fancast. I'm your host, Sydney, and I'm here with my co-host, Martin. So, <laughs> um, Okay, I just, I don't even know where to start with this. We went to bed at like, what, 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning last night? Yep. And I am still hyped up the next morning. Like, I am still buzzing from that performance last night. Obviously, we're talking about the um, Bucks, Mavs, and Luca's performance that was that was one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. I mean, it, that was one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. I just said that twice, and that's how good it was. It was one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. What's amazing is that it it could have been so much better had his teammates made some better. consistent yeah. shot making. Like Tim Hardaway was was terrible, really the entire game until the end. Yeah, uh, but yes, it was. Uh, if that's playoff Luca, if that's oh if that's gosh. clutch Luca, is that if that's big time, big time, big, big time <laughs> Luca? Yeah, he's definitely going to win a lot because he he took it to another level against mm-hmm. the best defense in the league, the against best the best defense in, in the league, the best team in the, the league, the MVP, and he was like, "I'm going to win this game for us, and there's nothing you can do about it." There were so many plays. I mean, it wasn't like usually with Luca. You're probably going to get one play a game. You know, sometimes you don't. But generally, you get one play a game that's just like, man, this dude is special. But this game, it was like nonstop. It was like there were 10 plays that could have been top 10 plays of the year. I mean, 10 of his passes were just... Sick. Yeah, 10 of his assists were just unbelievable. His scoring... I mean, he tore up Wesley Matthews. That one play where he had... He put Matthews in the blender. Yes, and and he did a crossover and then a back crossover step back. (laughs) And Matthews was like, hey, where'd he go? You know, it was was just nasty. And And it's like, the thing with Luca is that... I'm sorry, I'm like... It's all right. Okay, the thing with Luca is like, he's not the... He's not the the quick kind of guard like, you know, like the Allen Iverson or Kyrie that you have today. He's so big that his size, he can like do a, a quote unquote crossover and put a guy on skates, but it doesn't like it looks slower, but it's not. It's because he's so uh, yeah. big and he can step back. He can step side to side so far. I think his quickness is vastly underrated. I do agree with that. Like yeah. he, he's got lightning quickness on his hesitation, on his crossover, mm-hmm. on his first step, and he he gets past smaller defenders who are supposed to be quick. That's why they put him on him. Yeah, and he gets past them to the rim consistently and well, with ease. I think that's because of his size, because he can take and he does take such long strides mm-hmm. because he's so big that it kind of you know whatever. Okay, so for a shorter guy, it would be quick because he can take two steps within a second or whatever. But with Luca, he covers the same distance, and it's only mm-hmm. one step. Like, it's he gets really low when he dribbles yeah. as well. Like he when he does his when he's going to his left, and he does that crossover underneath his legs back to his right. Mm-hmm. Like his he's his legs are so it's wide open. It's like from open. the free throw yes. line to the three point line. They're so wide, and mm-hmm. his balance is just. That's why he always that move always gets him by his defender because it just he has that quickness and Mm -hmm. that hesitation that and people talk about he's not athletic that's a load of crap when you watch the game like 
he wouldn't be able to do this yes, stuff if, if he, he wasn't, wasn't athletic. athletic. Like yeah. athleticism is more than just dunking. Yeah. Like it's quickness, it's change of direction, it's it's all of those things combined. And he is elite when it mm-hmm. comes to quickness and change of direction. And that's really how he creates his space. But the, he also has a killer crossover. He does. Like, he has the ability to go one direction and just cross it back over to the other direction. Yeah. And he he seems <clears throat> to, to get by his defender every single time. And he had so many plays last night that on another night, we'd be talking about it for a long time. Mm-hmm. But they get overshadowed by the... Because there were so many. Yeah, there were so many yeah. that he made last night. Yeah, I mean, there were so many passes, like... And and I I think that, well you know we'll get to like a, a, you know analysis and stuff later on. But for right now, just this th- is this is time to this is yeah. just the hype. Yeah, I mean there were so many passes that were like, oh my god. I mean I mean and they were other guys were making really good cuts. Um, but it still wasn't an easy pass. I mean yeah the guy was there. Like Dorian had some good cuts. Um, uh, Delon Wright had some good cuts, but. It was still not an easy pass. He was making these passes. I mean, obviously, the one to Maxi between his legs, but... That wasn't even the best pass of the night. It was just because it was an overtime I and get a minute it. left. You like know. It was like, dude, yeah. the cojones on <laughs> yeah. you to do that with one minute left and to in nail overtime. It. Yes, and, and just to do it. But like he had some other passes. I think my favorite one is he whenever it was in the first half and he drove it. And Giannis, and I think it may have been whoever was guarding him, jumped up. Mm-hmm. And at the last minute, he kind of swung it around Giannis to his, you know, his his body. Oh, okay. And I think it was to DeLon because DeLon was mm. cutting because DeLon did that twice. Yeah. And I was just like, man, how did he even see? Because Giannis' body That's was the blocking thing. the entire view. And for him to even know that he was there. He had another one to Porzingis in the first half where he kind of swung it with both hands in between two players. Mm-hmm. And when you watch a, a, one angle, it's like you don't even know Porzingis is there. And he just swung it between two people and it was right in Porzingis' shooting pocket. Yeah. I mean, like that was the other thing is like whenever he would drive it and the defense would converge, mm-hmm. it's not like – I mean, that's Giannis and Brooke Lopez and these big bodies. And like how does he mm-hmm. see? And then the the window for the pass is so narrow it was just incredible. Well, Luke is a bad matchup for the Bucks because yeah. what they want is you to dish it out. I, I don't know why they allow so many threes. I don't know if that's their know. scheme, but they do not let buckets in the paint. And Luca is so good and crafty at finding the open shooters last minute. Like yeah. the last minute he's able to find them. So he's really a bad matchup for them. I mean, well, the other time they beat them, Luca wasn't playing. But I mean, mm-hmm. you know, same scheme. But yeah, I mean, he just had so many plays that were just wrong. Just <laughs> so mean. It's yeah. like, man, these guys have families. You can't do that to them. Like there was the one when he he put Matthews on the skate on skates. He did that twice. Yeah. to Matthews. The, the second time, the 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 main one, uh, Matthews kind of. When they were walking back down the court, Matthews did a quick glance yeah, at him. Yeah, he didn't and even like look at him. Like, yeah. Yeah, he was like ashamed <laughs> to look at him in the face. He couldn't even make eye contact. <laughs> I remember that one. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was so good. And then I think the very first highlight play from Luca was when he did the fake behind the back thing that Rondo yeah. sometimes does or used to do. He did that. And then later, I mean, and that was like, we were going okay. crazy over that. And we had no idea what, what was we about to yeah. hit us. Yeah. I mean, that was the, the, those were the highlight plays the passes the scoring 
the big shots. I mean, he made big shots down the stretch and in overtime. And that's the other part of it. I mean, aside from the highlights, he carried the Mavericks to a victory. Now, other guys had amazing performances like Dorian Finney-Smith, and we're going to talk about that, and Kristaps Porzingis, which I want to talk about because I feel like he deserves a lot of love. But um, really, without Luka, there was a point in this game where it was going the way that it always does, where they kind of had a lead or not. But mm-hmm. you know, last five or six minutes, it was like pretty much gone. And you were like, okay, you know, here we go again. Like fun game from Luka, but here we go. But then he was like, no. Well, there was a point, I think – it was going down that path, mm-hmm. and the Mavs started missing their shots. Luca even missed a shot, and the Bucks kind of made all of them. I think they went up by six or something. They seven got hot at yeah. like two minutes left or something, and it was like okay, it's over. Yeah, and but the Mavericks they remained calm. They they didn't call a timeout, and they just were like, we're 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 not doing this tonight. Mm-hmm. And you saw the kind of resiliency that you need to be a top team in the league Mm -hmm. to be able to fight through the adversity which they have not done well this year they don't fight through adversity very well when the other team is kind of stepping on the pedal they They sort of like it's kind of like they accept their fate like oh you know what we're we're just not at that level yet yes we're we're a young team you know know, blah 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 but tonight they were like no we we got to draw a line in the sand at some point you Mm -hmm. know we, we can't allow games to continue to go this way and I thought tonight they did an excellent job with that. Yeah, I, I mean, and Luca, you... Luca, he just uh, take away the highlights and overall his game management. Like he, this was a masterpiece. Yeah, it was a masterpiece. He he controlled the game a lot like Jason Kidd would back in the day, where Jason Kidd's stats wouldn't be off the charts, but you can just see his fingerprints all over the game. He controlled mm-hmm. every play, every aspect of the game, and that's what Luca did tonight. Or yeah. last night. Yeah, he was, I mean, he carried the team. And, and you know, this point about their demons of the past of not being mm-hmm. able to close out games. And, and Carlisle talked about that in his post-game comments. And we were actually talking about it, I think, before the game. You were talking about how at some point, and you, I think yeah. you even, bro, you <laughs> said this before the game. Okay, we were, you were, bleh, words, okay. You were like, at some point, they're going to, they're going to get tired of it's it. It's going to click. Something is yeah. going to click, and they're going to be like, you know what? We can win this game. We can compete. We are good. Because they are good with Luca and Porzingis. And you were like, it might even... Did you say this? You were like, it might even happen against the Bucks. Or were you saying it might happen against the Clippers? I'm going to say you said I it think... against the Bucks because I think you're a genius, and <laughs> okay. I trust that you said that. But, yeah, you were saying, like, at some point, it's going to click for them. They're going to just get it and yeah. break through that and and i don't like saying after one game that this is what's going to happen forever either winning or losing or a performance or whatever so i don't know if this was that game but at least in this game they had a moment like that well what i was saying was it doesn't have to be next season mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be two years down the road at some you point, don't know when it's gonna right be. it's just gonna be a moment where they they don't want to deal with it they don't they can't take it anymore they're tired of losing they're tired of, of blowing the leads. They're tired of not performing well in the clutch. And they're going to draw a line in the sand and say, this enough is enough. And I don't know when that was going to happen, but at some point that will happen and you'll see a change in maturity. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, 
they will be able to compete against the best teams in the league late in those games. They're not going to win all of them, but at least they know they believe they can compete. They believe they can win. And so that was going to happen at some point. I just didn't know when. I didn't Mm -hmm. think it would have to be something that waited till next year. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I honestly, I, I don't know if that was the moment, but you saw so many things differently happen differently for them that have happened in the past. One of the biggest things was Lucas free throws with 20 oh, seconds to go. Well, he was 9 of 10 for the game, yes. but those But those yeah. those were the free throws that mature teams make. You know you have to and make them. And he swished them. He swished them both. Yeah. And I think that's all I think that's a confidence thing in Luka. It just kind of clicked and I think his free throw shooting is going to be more consistent now because he that's the biggest thing when you, when you when you're not confident in your free throws and you have to go to the line with the game on the line. Yeah. You're, you're like gonna, you're yes, you're you're nervous. But once you hit them and you're like, "No, I have to make these going forward." Then you want the ball in those moments because you know, you're going to make the free throws. So yeah, I think you brought out two things there. Part of it is just breaking through the wall and saying, we're going to fight. And and a word that um, someone used in their post game, I think it was Dorian, um, used the word, what was the word? It wasn't persistence. It was relentless. Relentless, yeah. He used the word relentless. And I love that because Carlisle usually uses the word persistent. And I think that kind of has a connotation of like drudgery, of just kind of fighting through it and and. But relentless has more power to it. Like we're gonna keep fighting, and we're not, we're gonna knock these guys down because of our relentlessness. It's um, like a boxing match, essentially. Yeah. And so I think that's part of it of just having that, you know, no more. Like we are going to fight to the end, and if we lose, whatever. But we are at least gonna fight to the end. But then the other part of it is like you were talking about with confidence, and I think you have to have both to be an elite team, and. And at different points, we've seen one or the other. Tonight, we saw, or last night, we saw both. And I'm going to go back to a conversation I had in the previous episode of this podcast. If you haven't listened to it yet, I was talking to a Golden State Warriors beat writer, and I was asking him, what was the difference, if you had to pick one thing that was a difference between the young Warriors that had a lot of promise but couldn't win, they couldn't get it done, and the championship Warriors, what would it be? And he flat out said confidence just knowing that in those moments you can deliver that Mm -hmm. you can hang with those guys and that if you play your best and if you stay focused that you can win those games yes and so I think it's part of it is the resiliency but part of it is just knowing like we can make these plays we can make these shots we can make these free throws and that confidence um, he was saying like that was a tangible thing you could see on the court that the confidence made mm-hmm. them a better team. And I think you saw a lot of that last night. Yeah, I thought it was it was really you saw a lot of growth happening mm-hmm. in front of our eyes. It was like they were going from a young team to a perennial contender team. Yeah. In in the span of, of twenty minutes because you saw how they responded to these moments that they struggled with all season long. And it's like you could just see it. They were just no yeah. more. And Luca was like, no more. Um, I thought he – it was a similar game with the, the Sacramento game. Um, I know his, his numbers were, I mean, basically identical except just swap out the rebounds for the assists. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the game, in crunch time, he wasn't looking to score. He was looking to make a play. He mm-hmm. was trying to make a play. And he didn't always score the basket – 
but he made a play to where his team got an open shot. And that's what you saw against the Bucks. He wasn't mm-hmm. forcing it to him to where he has to get this he shot. He had that one play, but other than that, uh, the one where yes. we're seeing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> but it, uh, aside from that. Yeah. Yes. For the most part, it was passing it around. And obviously, his teammates got to make shots. And I thought Dorian, the the toughness of Dorian yeah. uh, was, was made evident even more so. I know he's always been tough, but the mental toughness that he has to be able to hit shots in, in moments like that is the kind of players that help you win championships. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, uh, Dorian and Kleba, percentage-wise, mm-hmm. are two of their best clutch shooters on the team. And, you know, like, Luca is obviously clutch, but percentage-wise, he this year he's kind of struggled. But, yeah, it's surprising the guys that are, like, the biggest clutch shooters but those on are the, the team. But those are the role players that you keep. That you want, yeah. Yes, because... In big games, game sevens, you need role players to step up like stars and make big shots. Yeah. And if you found some with Kleba and Dorian, then yeah, you got to keep them. And the other players that haven't showed up in big <clears throat> games, i.e., Tim Hardaway, <laughs> um, although Tim Hardaway has been great for the Mavs all season, mm-hmm. he has times and moments where you need him, he disappears. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm glad that you brought up the the Kings game because really I wanted to talk about Luka just in the bubble as a whole because I think that you were talking about before the season restarted that this might be a really good thing because we'll get fresh Luka. And mm-hmm. the last time we got fresh Luka was he when averaged he averaged a 30-point triple-double mm-hmm. in November. And I think he's averaging a 30-point triple-double oh, it's, in, it's the, in the bubble. And like 11, 11, 11, and 11. 11. Yeah. yeah. And so... Just this whole time, this has been like MVP Luca. Like he has taken his game to another level and has really carried the team. And like you were saying, if this is who he is in the playoffs, I mean, I, I don't know what they're gonna do this year. Like I think it it might still be a first round exit because oh, yeah. it's I mean, this is one game and they still need their role players to step up and you know, on and on and on. But you know, f- going forward into the future, you can see the the promise. I don't think, yeah, I, I don't think they're beating the Clippers, but I don't think it's gonna be a destruction as as much as everybody says. I think I mean, uh, it the, depends. We wouldn't have said, you know, a last game against the Rockets or whatever. No, I was we, saying it before even the Bucks oh, game. Okay. Yeah, I was telling you, I, I I think they're gonna give the Clippers more of a fight than one. Carlisle has a way of instilling this kind of confidence in his teams when they're underdogs he does really well when he's an underdog um secondly i think the clippers may let their guard down a little bit because Mm -hmm. they've kind of owned the mavericks in the regular season and they've kind of owned luca yeah and um i think luca also is gonna the guy you saw last night against the bucks that's the guy we're gonna see in the playoffs so i think they're gonna give a couple get a couple of wins from the clippers but i don't think they're beating the clippers yeah, um, but really, just like for the future, I think it. I think it says a lot. But one thing it shows also is you, you don't have to wait two more seasons. The, True, this team can be contenders next year. Let's not get a bunch of one-year deals <laughs> and wait for Giannis for twenty twenty-one. Yeah, and it's like, come on, uh, we have our two stars. Yeah, just just move on now. Start building around them. Well, that's the thing. Is like. Okay, in 2021, admittedly, it's not just Giannis. It's basically every good player in the league is a free agent, 
potentially right now yeah they yes. might not yeah. they might sign offers and all that but there are a lot of really good players but like you said the Mavs have their two stars mm-hmm. I don't it, and it's not like I want to settle I mean obviously if you can get better I want to get better but I don't think that you need to waste a year or you know however long and try to go after another superstar but you don't need to do that no. anymore like you're yeah. in the position that you wanted you to be have in, where yes. now you just need to fill out the roster exactly like the the two stars that you've been trying to get the last 25 years you have them you have them now with yeah. luca and porzingis so now it's just building the roster it's phase so b i don't want to see phase two i don't want to see a bunch of one-year deals for a bunch of no-name guys and going into next year because we're still young and growing. Yeah. I want to go for it next year. And are you going to win it? Probably not. But you need to start putting that in Luca's mind and Porzingis' mm-hmm. mind is you guys need to contend every single year. Yeah. And I, I don't think there's any need to wait. I think you just go for it. Yeah. I mean, they're already in the playoffs. And if you look at, you know, again – um, I was comparing them to the Warriors whenever they had like Steph and Clay, but they were still a young team. I mean, it was a few years before they even made the playoffs. And then they were a second round exit, and then they were a first round exit, and then they won the championship. Well, and let's look at the difference between their record right now, yes, 42 and 30. But let's be honest, a lot of those losses were late game losses. Mm-hmm. So clearly, they were the better team for 40, 40 minutes, minutes of the game. Yeah. And then they didn't know how to close those out, and so they lost. But let's say they learn how to close these out. Close these out. Their record right now would be top three in the West. So they're already – you have the contending pieces with Luka and yeah. Porzingis. You just need to get them experience. Yes, and exactly. So bring in some playoff battle-ridden veterans mm-hmm. that can make shots when you need them to make, can make a defensive play when you need them to make one, and just start contending. Yeah. Um, it was just this whole time in the bubble, Luca has just been, he's been crazy. He's been leading the team. I think Carlisle also talked about his leadership, how huge that's been. And we don't know what goes on in the huddle. You know, when they have these moments of like, no more, like Mm -hmm. we need to close out this game. I think in their previous game against the Kings, um, yeah, I think it was the Kings. They were talking about having that moment of like, we're going to fight through this. You know, like, who knows who says what, but Carlisle talked about Luca's leadership. So whether it was vocally or just on the court, he showed a tenacity, and Tim Hardaway Jr. was talking about how Luca's defense, yeah. like, when you see your best player playing that kind of defense, that says something to the rest of the team. And that's another thing. Luca's defense, defense, it has not been a weakness for him. No. It's been a strength for this team. He has been a good defender yeah he's even shut down a player a a couple of times um he's really good at getting to the spot before the offensive player Mm -hmm. and he kind of just shuts them off and it throws the offensive player off seals like he builds a wall and every now and then because he's so big you know he's just so strong he's so long and strong and big and tall his body is just big and when he when he his arm is up in the air it's high up there so Mm -hmm. it's got a block in the line of sight for the the shooter um you know i if he can play defense like that consistently which he has been in the bubble Mm -hmm. um I don't know what what else can we say about him. The guy showed tonight or uh, last night against the Bucks <clears throat> that when he 
figures it out, when he has that confidence, when he believes he's the best player in the league and there's nothing you can do to stop him, there is nothing you can do to stop him. Yeah. He just beat the best team in the league. I know it's just one game, but it's the way he won. He, he the put The way up, he beat them. Nobody has put up that stat line. Yeah. It, it yeah. wasn't like he did his normal thing or he had an inefficient night, but he got his guys involved or, or whatever it was. He put up a historic night on the best defensive team in the league, one of the best teams in the league, the MVP, who is also a defensive, is he a defensive, defensive player, player of the year, of the year candidate? candidate. Yeah. I mean, he put up one of the greatest performances in NBA history against that team. I mean, mm-hmm. and and I don't know how much of this is him being fresh and, you know, could he sustain this over 82 games? I don't know. We'll find that out, obviously. But for now, it's he's I mean, been he, amazing. He's averaging 29 points a game for the season, so... Yeah, and I'm know. mostly referring to the defense. Like, could he yeah. sustain that over Well, that's another games? thing I, I want to talk about is his conditioning. Because he's mm-hmm. playing some crazy minutes right now, and he's playing it really, really hard on both sides of the court, and he does not look tired. In fact, he looks like he's getting better as the game goes along. And in the past, that really hadn't been the case. Like, there would be times where he's so exhausted, he's over at the bench (laughs) drinking water while the other team is shooting free throws. And it hasn't shown in this case. It looks like he really worked hard on his conditioning because he's been playing really hard defense and he's been carrying the team on offense and he gets better as the game goes on. And he doesn't look, like you were saying, he doesn't look gassed. No, he looks like he could play another game. Yeah. He's averaging, um, I'm just looking at the numbers, like over 40 minutes a game in In the the bubble. bubble. Yeah. And he looks great. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't look tired at all. And uh, I think that's really a good sign because the all-time greats, they had that ability to to carry a team for Mm -hmm. 82 games and through through the playoffs. Yeah, I think um, in his post-game interview, I think with, I don't know who, he was talking about one of the things that he worked on was his conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he also worked on his shooting, but he worked on his conditioning a lot. It's really showing right yeah, now, in my opinion. Is. I think his conditioning <laughs> looks great. It looks, like I said, he, he's getting better as the game goes along. Yeah, and he's at least not declining. Yes. Yeah. you know, and, and that's really, like you were saying, a sign of these great players, like watching Dirk for so many years. He was the best in the fourth quarter and in his very best in a close game, like last five minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's not a lot of players can do that, but that's that's when you need them the most. So that's when they have to be their best. And that's a lot of conditioning. Yeah, the conditioning, because when you in the last five minutes of the game, you're doing a turnaround fadeaway jumper. Like yeah, your legs have to be the there. balance has to be there. The legs have to be there at the <clears throat> level that they are in practice. Mm-hmm. So, you know, his uh, his ability to do that, and I think with Luca, uh, at least what you're seeing in the bubble is his conditioning is on another level right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm so hyped from last night's game. I mean, that was just this looks like third year Luca. There was just so yeah. many plays mm-hmm. and and buckets and like and so clutch. I mean, the free throws, the final play. I, I think it was possibly in overtime or maybe to send it into overtime to. That last shot that was like the floater in the lane, and and this it was is like, overtime. Yep. This is against guys. I mean, Eric Bledsoe was on him. Wesley Matthews was on him. You know, when he drove it, he's drove it, he's driving into Giannis and, and Brooke, Brooke Lopez. Yes. I mean, these are like obviously some of the best defenders in the league, which is why they have the best defense in the league. I mean, these are tough defenders, and when you watch it, it's not like 
I mean, they were on him the whole time. Like, he was able to shake Wesley Matthews, you know, because Matthews is an overrated defender. I mean, you know, he did good. He actually did very good on Luca tonight, but Luca was able to shake him. But for the most part, these guys were on him the whole way, and he just got these tough shots that were like insane or these passes that were just insane and and we can move. I don't even remember his his shots like there his were passes so were so awesome yeah, yeah. that I am trying to think of what baskets did he I know he scored 36 he points He got a spot up three pointer Yeah I, I, I remember gets. that one but yeah. his passes were were so insane that I don't even remember yeah. his scoring Yeah he had a spot up three pointer he had a step back three pointer he had the, he just the runner good. The, Yeah he, he just looked good He was and he had two turnovers I know yeah. I mean, it, it was this was a perfect. It was game. the focus, the mental focus yeah. that he had. It was, uh, it was one of the greatest games I ever witnessed. Yeah. Um. And so I want to. We can talk now about the offensive scheme because we talked about whenever Luca would drive it into the lane, the defense would converge on him. Like mm-hmm. that's that was their scheme, um, and Luca had to make these passes. And to me, I, I think it looked like. They scouted this and their game plan was to have cutters coming Mm -hmm. in and out constantly because there were a lot of baskets that came off of movement like that. And we don't usually see that from the Mavs. Like, I don't usually see a lot of cuts from DeLon and Dorian and and Hardaway. They they are there. I mean, it's not like they never do that. Um, But in this game, you just saw it a lot more. And I wonder if the coaching staff, you know, saw that as a point of like, okay, when you drive it, this is what they're going to do. So you guys need to be cutting in and out. And I think that helped so much. Well, that's really the only way to get can, you know good shots in the paint against the Bucks Because their defensive scheme, because if you look statistically, the shots that teams you want as an offensive team are teams in the paint mm-hmm. and threes. And so the Bucks were like, okay, the if we can take away all the points in the paint and just force them to shoot threes – then they would have to be basically on fire in order to beat us. Yeah. But so they converge. They do not let buckets in the paint. That that was my my point about mm-hmm. Luca being a bad matchup for them because he has the ability to pass last minute too. Yeah. Like as the defense, you feel like you got him. He's in the air. He's falling down. He's he has surrounded by to go. seven footers yes. with eight foot wingspans. You're like, we got him in our scheme, boom. And then all of a sudden, this miraculous pass Ooh. out of nowhere. And you're right. The players cutting really helps. So they've got easy points in the paint against a really good point protecting team because yeah. of those cuts. And, you know, I, I got to give credit to those guys for making those cuts and for making those baskets. Like some of these that Dorian and DeLon made. They were still kind of tough baskets. I mean, one of them, the one where Luca passed it in between Luca's, um, Giannis's legs to mm-hmm. Dorian. Yeah. And he went up for the layup. Giannis still almost yeah. blocked it. Like That was still a tough shot. Like 0.01 second <laughs> later. And that's yeah. a block by Giannis because he is a freak and mm-hmm. just, you know, was able to go from one side of the key to the other without even yeah. blinking. Um, so, yeah, it, it was uh, it was awesome that, that one where uh, Porzingis cut last minute. And had that nasty dunk oh, where yeah. it was like it slingshotted out of his hand. That or something. was yeah, yeah. He had some pretty powerful dunks. Yeah, um, that all he had in yeah. the first half. Yeah, and so I just I like that offensive scheme, and and like they did get some wide open threes off of similar plays where Luca would drive it and then kick it out. Um, didn't make as many of those. Dorian was great. Maxi was great. 
Seth was well, he didn't even I think really he was still play. Hurt. Yeah, I think he's still hurt. And Hardaway, he's really struggled in the bubble. He's yes. had games where he scored twenty plus points, and he's had games where he scored five points. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what he's going to be like going forward. This wasn't a great game for him, but the cuts and and Dorian was just great. I, that offensive scheme. I think worked so well. So I wanted to talk about the scheme. I wanted to talk about Dorian. I also wanted to talk about KP. Let's talk about KP first because okay. I think he deserves some attention. In this game, he actually had 26 points, 11 rebounds, three assists, one block. He was nine for 24. I mean, yeah, he struggled on his shot, well. um, but he had some plays that were absolutely amazing. And well, sorry, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, he had some stretches in the game where he was carrying the offense, especially mm-hmm. while Luca was out yeah. on the bench. Um, so he had stretches where it was unicorn KP and then yeah. he had stretches where he didn't know where look, he looked like he didn't know where to be. And, um, I thought, and I, I keep thinking about this play because I don't really know what to think of it. And it was at the end of <clears throat> the overtime. I think it was the overtime where they come out of a timeout. Oh yeah. And, uh, I, it looks like the play originally was designed to go to KP in the post. And immediately when Luka got the ball, he was like, we're he not waved doing it that. Off. Yeah. And so the Mavericks got a shot. They missed it. They got the offensive rebound. And so KP had, I think Wes Matthews or something he had on a him smaller on the post. guy on him. And he basically demanded the ball. Yeah. He was looking he was at Luka like, at what him. do you do? Yes. Like, give me the ball. He was yelling at him. Give me the ball. And so Luka was like, okay, he was really hesitant to give it to him. And he did a turnaround, and it was a bad shot. He missed it, yeah. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, I don't know how to feel about this because, one, if you're going to demand the ball, mm-hmm. you got to make that shot. Yeah. You can't demand that away from the best player on the team. And who's having who's a historic having, night. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And I, I love his confidence mm-hmm. that he wanted the ball in that moment. And I think... I'm going to take it as he had good motives behind his decision-making. Mm-hmm. He wanted to win, and he wanted to step up for his team in that moment. He didn't want to have another late collapse, another late loss. And so I think that's where his mindset was. We hadn't scored in a while, so give me the ball. I'll yeah. get the basket. I have a mismatch, yeah. Yes, and uh, so I want to take it as good motives from his point or from you know his where side. he was coming yeah. from. But it was just it was kind of cringy. Yeah, I mean, okay, so first of all, I don't think that it's a problem. Um, I think in that that moment, that play was, that just didn't go well, you know? Like, I don't know, like, I don't think that's a problem between, in terms of, like, their chemistry or anything. No. Okay, okay. No, 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 I don't think it's that, I think it's just, they don't really know what to do late game. Oh, and okay. and I think Porzingis wanted to insert himself yeah. as the leader of the team in that moment, so that or way, just as a guy that could yes that shot, going yeah. forward, and uh, and he demanded the ball, and like I said, if you're gonna demand it that emphatically, you gotta you gotta make, gotta that make shot. a shot, yeah, and and he missed it, and it was like, man, you you can't do that, you can't demand the ball yeah. like that and miss it. Now, to be fair to him. He came back later on in, <clears throat> in overtime right before he fouled out, and he hit a big shot. Yeah. So he did hit a big shot uh, when needed, but he also missed a lot of shots when, when they needed him to make some. Yeah, I think also, you know, going back to that play, another reason or another p- part of it is that since that was the play that Carlisle called 
It appears that way. Yeah, it appears that way, at least. I'm kind of, like, I'm a little okay with him demanding it because he's just, he's basically saying, like, this is the play we called. Like, give me the ball. And so there's that part of it. And I don't know why Luga was like, whatever. And then him, that was just a, that was just like a microcosm of like, what the heck is going mm-hmm. on here? Um, but, but some I, of the, sorry, go ahead. Well, I do agree. Like what you were saying of, you know, knowing how to work together. Um, I think that's something that we're going to see them get better at of just how they can feed off of each other as a duo. Like right now they're a duo in the sense that they play together and they're two really good players, but you know, how they can play off of each other, that I think if they unlock that, then that's like a whole other level. Like right yeah. now, they both score a lot and they're both great. And sometimes they have a pick and pop or a pick and roll, but they're kind of just, you know, they're 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 teammates just like everyone else. But if they can figure out how to play off of each other and connect that and make that a dynamic duo, mm-hmm. that I think is a whole other level. When I think Porzingis... I don't know. I don't think his his confidence is quite there yet. Mm-hmm. I think he has games where he feels really good, um, but I think his confidence is lacking in the big moments, mm-hmm. like when he when you need him to step up and hit those shots. I think his confidence is not there yet in, in those moments. So I think in that a lot of that is still coming off an injury. Like yeah. you, you're working your way back into it, and he's still a young. I mean, I know he's 25, but he missed like two yeah. years. Yeah, so of he. Play. <laughs> Those moments, this is he hasn't year. had these moments very no, often. No, with the Knicks, they yeah. never really had moments like this. No, not when it mattered. Yeah. You know, not not against the best teams in the league. Not against the Hornets, you know, he may have stepped up big because that's a different story. But when you're going against the best teams in the league, you got to be able to step up in those games. And that's what all the superstars do. That's what Paul George did and Kawhi did against the Mavericks. They mm-hmm. were like, hey, we need to send a message to this team. And they came out and they made all the shots that they needed to make. And I think that's where Porzingis' confidence is lacking right now. He wants to be that guy, but I think there's a little bit of hesitancy there. Yeah, I I like at least that he wants to be that guy Mm -hmm. and is trying to put himself in a position to be that guy because it's the same thing like we were saying earlier. Eventually, you're going to break through as long as you're willing. Yeah, true. As long as you're willing to be in those positions and take those shots then eventually you will build up the confidence to where you can you can make those. Yeah, there's two things that will happen though. Like either he <clears throat> will continue to think he's that guy and not deliver or he's going to recognize, "Hey, Luke, I'm not that guy, is better. <laughs> but I can still support yeah. this team." And, you know, he's got to accept his role. And obviously it's too early to determine that now. Yeah. But I for me, what I've seen from Porzingis is that's where he's struggling right now is when you need a basket, when you need him to step up, he's falling short of that. And I think it's just a confidence thing. Yeah. And honestly, you know, your point about him accepting like where he fits in, in the hierarchy, I guess, I think he does a really good job of that because you never see him look frustrated or um, you know, quote unquote pouting. Like you never see that after games, he's always very self-reflective, like, you know, what he could do better mm-hmm. or, you know, why did this not work or that not work? Um, and so I think he already is very good at recognizing he doesn't have to be the man or, or maybe, you know, if he made a mistake, like he legit made a mistake. He doesn't blame other people. I think he's, he's really good at, at that. And so uh, I think that is like invaluable. Yes. I love Porzingis and I, I believe at some point, he's going to get to that level to where when you need a bucket, mm-hmm. he can deliver for you. Um, it's just not there right now. 
Yeah. And at some point that's going to click for him also. Mm -hmm. And again, it doesn't mean it has to wait till next year. It could happen at any moment to where all of a sudden, and it has to be a a game that matters. Mm. You know, it's got to be a game that matters against a a really good team. It can't be against the Kings or the Wizards (laughs) or something where you come up big in the clutch because, you know, Harrison Barnes would do that for the Mavs. You know, back when Harrison Barnes was the guy against a really bad team, he would take over and win the game. But you need your superstars to do it when it matters. And that's where his confidence, I think, is lacking. Another good sign um, that I saw was after Porzingis fouled out, he looked, I mean, obviously he's frustrated because he just fouled out. And, you know, again, he was like, whatever, nine for 24. He talked about how he missed these just wide open shots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so he looked like walking to the bench. He looked like just really disappointed himself. But then... Right after that, Luca had the between the legs bounce mm-hmm. pass to Maxi, and KP was you know right there celebrating. You saw the look on his face, like man, that was cold. And so, I I I get that sense from him that he is self reflective and like man, I what can I do or what am I you know doing wrong? But like he doesn't take that out on his teammates. Yes, I, he I, he comes from a place of like I want to help the team, mm-hmm. not you know how can I get myself and mine. That's one thing we really learned about Porzingis this year mm-hmm. is he's a team guy. Yeah, yeah. He's 100% a team guy. And and I think you saw the disappointment in him. Wasn't he was disappointed in himself. He was it to me he's disappointed he let his team down. That's what I was about to say. And yeah. and some of these shots like he can make these shots and he let his team down. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, he was disappointed cuz in all honesty, he really didn't play that well. He had moments in the game where he yeah. played well, but overall, it wasn't really that good of a game for him because he missed shots that you needed him to make in, yeah. in the moments of the game, yeah. and he let his team down. So I think um, that's what you, you saw, the disappointment, because that's the thing we've learned about him is he's such a team guy. I mean, this this <coughs> team, when, when Porzingis gets to that level and mm-hmm. Luka gets to their levels of who they're going to be, they're, they're going to be unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, it was just it was just and and the whole in the bubble thing, Luke. Like I've been saying, like Luca has been great. Even Porzingis has been. I, this game true wasn't as good, but even Porzingis has been excellent in the bubble. I mean, against the Clippers, he had thirty points. Against the Kings, he had twenty two. Against the Suns, he had thirty, and against the Rockets, he had thirty nine. Now yeah. his efficiency, <clears throat> his comes efficiency and comes and goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's been great, and then yeah, Luca's been great. He seems to be a real rhythm type of player. Mm-hmm. When he's in rhythm, it's an automatic bucket. Yeah. But when he's not in rhythm, then uh, it doesn't go in it quite as frequently. And obviously, most players are rhythm players, yeah. so that's yeah. not like ingenuity or anything like that. But he struggles with the rhythm of the game. Sometimes he gets lost. I think Derek Harper even mentioned it during the broadcast is there's t- stretches in the game where he's not involved. And they're less and less now than they were early on mm-hmm. in the season. Um, but they still happen from time to time. Yeah. And he's got to find a way to insert himself. And and, and not, not force not it. Not force it, yeah. but be a part of what's going on. Yeah. And like one thing that helps a lot is cutting to the basket when Luca drives, yeah. when your shot's not going down. So that way you're not jacking up another brick. You know, you're yeah. getting the dunk. So... I don't know. It, it was a it was a good game from him, and it was a bad game from him. It was a it was a it was an all right game. <laughs> it was good. I mean, Luca obviously he had the best night, and he mm-hmm. that's why they won. But 
Porzingis was a good was a good Robin, and I think that's great coming off a torn ACL, especially. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, next they face the Utah Jazz and then the Portland Trailblazers. That's Monday afternoon at two p.m. And then they face, that's on NBA TV, by the way. I don't know if it's going to be on Fox Sports Southwest, probably. Um, and then they play, face the Blazers on Tuesday. So that's a back-to-back Tuesday evening. And then they face the Suns, who are still undefeated. Yeah, it's because no one's taking them seriously. Yeah, and yeah. even despite going 5-0, and they're still not in the playoffs. That's why nobody's <laughs> taking them seriously. Yeah, now they're, they're only a half game out now. Oh, I thought it was two games still. Oh, uh, okay, well, assuming... I saw maybe the tweet I saw was for another team, but they're still out of the playoffs. I think they're they're obviously closer than they were, but still some things need to fall their way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might be a huge game for Phoenix, like that, which means that's a really good opportunity for the Mavs to do this again. You know, the Mavs come out need and say, to do to no, the Suns. We have figured it out. The Mavs need to do to the Suns what the Clippers do to the Mavs. Yeah, we're just better than you. You're and not here nothing. yet. Yes, yeah. exactly. And uh, that's that's what I want to see from the Mavs against the Suns. Of course, at that point, that's the last game. Yeah, it may not matter. In true. fact, Par- Carlisle may rest everybody that game. Yeah, true. So they probably won't even play just to get ready for the playoffs. Yeah, because by that time, the seating will the most seating's definitely already be set. set so and if it's Phoenix, if it's their game seven, it's like who cares? Yeah, I'm not gonna. We're put, not facing yeah. you anyway. Yeah, so yeah. so there's a good <clears throat> chance that that nobody even plays in that game. Okay, so going forward... Um, so it's just two games left? No, there's three games left. Utah, Portland, and Phoenix. Okay. And I think they're like mathematically pretty much locked into the seventh seed. Um, but still, I mean, these are still good opportunities to build more confidence. Mm-hmm. I think the Utah <clears throat> game is an important game. Um, yeah. Because they're ahead of you. They're, they're, they're a little bit ahead. It's not like you're playing not the just, Lakers. Not just standing, but like where you want development wise and so i think that will be a good game for them and then the portland phoenix game you don't want a lot of minutes from from luca and kp in in my opinion there's no point because you're set um you want to have fresh people going into the playoffs you don't think they should use that to to build confidence not against portland and phoenix i think the utah game Hmm. is important like like the bucks game but portland and phoenix they're not in the playoffs so you yeah, know. yeah. I maybe mean, maybe they play against Portland or just one of them. But I I, I foresee, I, in my opinion, I think the game against Phoenix, they probably don't even play Luca or Porzingis. Yeah, and not just gaining confidence going into the playoffs, but gaining confidence for the next five years. You know, I remember um, watching some documentary about the the Mavericks and and Dirk and Steve Nash. And it was the last game of the season. And the Mavs had missed the playoffs because they were still kind of early in their development. And Steve Nash said something like, it starts tonight. Like the team that we want to be next year, we start building that tonight. Even though it's the last game of the season, we're not in the playoffs. We can start building those habits tonight in this game. And so, you know, these next few games and in the playoffs too, like building that confidence, it's not just about what can we do in the first round, but just, you know, we have another five years. How can we start building that tonight in these games? Yeah, I just don't know if the, the game against Phoenix is that game that you use. Oh, yeah, yeah. Game. I just mean like in general. Yeah, like yeah, wh- yeah. Whatever they do these next few games or in this it's, game It's too. about building confidence, correct, yeah. 100%. Um, I would just hate to see Lucas sprain his ankle. Or, not even sprain his ankle yeah. against uh, Phoenix. <laughs> 
and then he's out, you know, the first two games of the playoffs yeah, against that's the true. Clippers. So or, yeah. And and not only that, the more rest he's given, the fresher he's gonna be going against the Clippers. True. Um okay, so uh, there were other things I wanted to talk about, like Dorian. Dorian. Which I mean, we talked a little bit about him. I yeah, mean he, he just he, he appears to be a big shot maker. He is, and he has been that all year. Yeah, so that, it's not like we're just reacting to this one game. I go back to I think it was the third or fourth game of the season against the Lakers where yeah, Luca drove that it and, and that would hit, have been the game winner. Yeah, had the refs not Freaking, blown it. Yeah. Um but yeah, so he, he appears to be a big shot maker and Maxi appears to be a big shot maker. Now I'll say, you know, I, I don't remember what pot I was listening to. Like Dorian is a very good defender. He's not a, you know, all like first team all defensive probably not defensive player of the year candidate um does that matter at this point no because he's the best perimeter defender they have if they choose to upgrade him at some point fine whatever but right now I think he's the kind of piece that you keep on as you keep as you grow this into an elite Mm -hmm. team because he's the three and d guy he makes big shots and um he's inexpensive he's very cheap in my opinion the difference between a all defensive team I candidate. I know what you're going to say. And a defensive player of the year is publicity. Yeah. How many fouls can you get away with because of yeah. your reputation? And and he he's still an unknown in the in the world, in mm-hmm. the basketball world. When you say Dorian, they're like, who? Yeah. You know. Dorian so Finney-Smith, who? If he ever gets to make a name for himself yeah. in the playoffs in the is playoffs when he would is, do that. Yeah. Then he would be in that conversation as he's one of the best defensive players in the league because Draymond and and all these other players they they have this reputation for being top defensive players in the league, but they get blown off the dribble, just like anyone. A, yeah, yeah, just like now. Yeah, are they really good defenders? Yes, but they're not perfect. They're not freaking yeah. you know Jordan stoppers, you know. So um, Dorian is the, the same way. I just think he just doesn't get that publicity. I think he's still an unknown in the league. Well, and he'll have a good opportunity if they face the Clippers because he'll Against be guarding Kawhi. yeah, either Kawhi or Paul George, you know, even on switches. I think he's a better matchup for um, Paul George. Hmm. Um, actually, either one. I, I really yeah. like how Maxi guards Kawhi. Yeah. Because Kawhi is kind of slow and methodical, mm-hmm. and Maxi's size – he he's able to play those kind of guys really well, but yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, but that would that would be a really great opportunity for Dorian, and you know, and like I said, I know he's not like there might be a time when they can upgrade from him, but for now, um, I think he has he's just the kind of player that you would keep because you, you want guys that hit shots when you yeah need he's a big shot maker he's a three and D guy and he's inexpensive. It's not mm-hmm. like it's a harder deal with um, Hardaway because he's so expensive that it's like, yeah, he doesn't suck. I mean, he could give you 15 to 20 points, you know, whatever with his defense or inconsistency. But, you know, the problem is that he's so dang expensive. Like if Dorian was that expensive, my story would be different. Yeah, Yeah. so it's like he's so inexpensive and he does so many good things, whereas with Hardaway, it's not the same story. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, he's one player that – and yeah. his toughness, it's not just big shots that he makes. He he also comes up with huge offensive rebounds yeah. late in games, huge defensive stops or defensive rebounds. So he's he's carving up himself to be a big time playmate a big time player. Yeah. So and, and a lot of these big time players, they don't have to be stars. You just no. need them to show up when it matters. And it looks like he may be one of those kind of guys like Maxi. Yeah. I mean, all you need is guys that will hit 
just one or two big buckets in when, big moments. Yeah, exactly. And then be solid the rest of the game. Yeah. You know, um, and I think, you know, again, that's the position that, that Dorian fills. Like, he's not their third option on offense. You don't ask him to score 15 to 20 a night, even though he's actually done that in the bubble a few times. But you don't ask that from him. So there's a role, and he fills it perfectly. You know, whereas that's, again, kind of the problem with Hardaway is that he's currently in a role where you do need scoring from him. You do need him to score 20 a game you do need him to do these things and he doesn't always do it Mm -hmm. so he's just you know Hardaway is in a role that I think he just can't fill right now right um and so that's that's why I kind of go back on back and forth on Hardaway and where he fits and and where he belongs and that's my problem with Hardaway is I don't really care how many points per game you average what I care about is when when it matters Mm -hmm. like when you're against going against the Lakers or the Clippers or the Bucks, and it's last five minutes or fourth quarter, can you hit your shots then? Because that's really what changes you from being a good team to a great team is making the shots when they matter. And right now he's falling short of that. Yeah. It could be because he's never been in this position before. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now he hasn't really done that consistently. And that may change at any moment. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Dorian and Seth, you know, like you said, he's not healthy right now. And he's always, you know, he has these games where he's just yeah, he, not healthy. And they, they're kind of slim right now with their roster. Yeah. Well, being without Jalen Brunson and Dwight Powell and Courtney Lee, who surprisingly, I was looking at his minutes. He was averaging like 15 minutes he a game. He was playing towards the end before, <laughs> Significant minutes. before the He Rona. started yeah, a lot he of was games. Playing, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Willie Cauley-Stein, who they had just signed, but he was filling a, a spot, mm-hmm. you know, once Dwight Powell went down. Um, and then well, he the, was kind of a um, <clears throat> situational kind of guy that yeah. they don't have anymore. Yeah. And then um, they added Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, but he never plays. So it's almost like he's just not even there. Well, he played last night. Yeah. For like five <laughs> minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, they're down like five guys right now. And so it's kind of hard to to judge mm-hmm. like, you know, this team and, and all that. But um, yeah, because my next question was like, how far away are they from a championship? But I don't know. That might be like a whole other conversation. Yeah, I just don't <clears throat> want to wait. Yeah, for four more years. For I don't. That to I don't want to wait for the right situation to start trying. Yeah, I think like next year. I want to start trying now. Next year. Yeah. Well. Yeah. 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 Now, but- will will they? <clears throat> contend next year i don't know will they have the right players to do it i don't know but start trying just start trying to do it start trying to get the right role players stop with the big name guy yeah you have the big name guy yeah just stop you have the future of the league you do not need yeah another guy yeah like yeah if you you got Giannis, it wouldn't even be fun (laughs) <laughs> to watch. I mean, because you basically have an all NBA team out there yeah, yeah. going against the league. And yeah, you might win a couple championships. And to be honest with you, it'd be freaking awesome. Yeah. But you don't need that. You have those guys. Now you need to build the right team around them. Well, especially with um, Luca still being on his rookie, rookie deal beer. for, yeah. you know, a few years. Um, like the, the team that you could build of, role players like yeah you could spend 20 million on Giannis 
or you could get the best role players in the league that will be here for a long time that once Luca once he gets his max you can still get all these I mean you could build a dominant team with so much depth I mean to me I would rather do that because I th- when I think it's more likely and I think yeah I don't I don't like super teams anyway so yeah, I mean if they fun. got Giannis obviously I'm still yeah, rooting yeah, for the yeah. Mavs but I just I don't really like super teams I think it would be bad for the league <clears throat> I think a better thing for the league is Giannis and Luca being a rivalry yeah and and yeah I mean and it is perfect because Luca's in the west and Giannis is in yeah. the east and they and you know and seeing them two in the finals against each other next year yeah um, is what what's good for the league. Yeah, and um, and especially you know the league also wants to be global, and these guys yeah. are they're both Europeans. I mean, I just think that yeah. would be so great for the league. And yeah, I mean that's what I want to see. I want to see Giannis stay in Milwaukee. Like I want to see Milwaukee benefit from what they did from drafting that guy. From he averaged like six points a game his rookie season. They developed him. They mm-hmm. built a team around him. They hired the right coach. Like. I want to see them benefit from that. Just like I wish that the Jazz could have done the same thing with Gordon Hayward. I want to see the Bucks benefit from that. And I want to see the league benefit from that kind of mm-hmm. work, you know? And so, yeah. Um, anyway, we talked for an hour about yeah, we're kind of rambling one now. game. I'm not even rambling. <laughs> I'm just I'm just talking because that was like, that was so amazing. I couldn't sleep last night because I was thinking about the game. Like I yeah. said, I I can't even remember his made shots. I just remember yeah. his passes. Because I mean, thirty six points. I don't remember yeah. all of those. His yeah. his passing was next level, and it's yeah. like there were so many because they didn't even shoot well. They yeah. didn't even shoot threes well. There were so many. There wide were stretches where we were like, "Oh my god, just can make you guys a shot, just make a shot." And and man, he easily could have had twenty five assists. Yeah, 25 easily assists. twenty. Yes, because there's that one that that three that Dorian made that they waved off. Yeah. He easily could have had twenty more. He you would know. have had a 30, 20, what, 14? Yeah, 14 game. You said, was it before the game or after the game, that you think he's the one guy that could get a 20, 20, 20 game? So Westbrook had one. Oh, okay. Yeah, he had one a couple years ago. Um, it was literally 20, 20, and 21. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but still. With 24 shots. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so Westbrook had one. So it's been done twice now in NBA history, and I think Luka... Well, could be that guy. Luca could get a 30-20-20. Luca could get a 30-30-30. Okay, let's not go nuts. He could do the 30 right, for th- okay. okay. Um those are our thoughts on the bubble and the game and Luca for MVP. Um just like dude, let us know what you guys think. I mean, obviously everyone's been going crazy on Twitter. Um but that's it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. Leave a rating if you enjoy the the pod. You can listen to new episodes and read exclusive articles on DallasHoopsCast.com. The previous episode, I talked to, like I was talking about this earlier. I talked to Jared Castillo, who covers uh, the Golden State Warriors, and because uh, I saw a lot of similarities between the young Warriors and these current young Mavs, and so I wanted to see how did the Warriors grow into champions? How did uh, Steph grow into an MVP how did they get good in the clutch since they were awful to start with and so that interview is so great it's the episode just before this it's really interesting a lot of little nuggets in there so make sure you listen to that episode but thank you guys for listening you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Sydney Myers Martin is at Martin L Myers the site is at DallasHoopsCast.com 
we will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.